Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Yep, let's get on with the show. What are we talking yeah. about this week? What are we talking about this week, Denise? I think we need to talk about old habits and why they won't die. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> old, old, old habits. Well, we could get all technical and talk all neuroscience if you want. Or, we could do that. We could yeah, do that. Yeah. But I, I think it might be interesting for our viewers and listeners actually to talk about some of the neuroscience behind it because so many times you hear about hypnotherapy don't you it's pseudoscience it's this that and the other mm-hmm. and i think it might be yeah i hear that from a lot of people but it isn't yeah yeah <laughs> and, uh, well uh, th- this is the thing this is the thing and i'm going to use the d word <laughs> you know <laughs> a, a doctor wouldn't advocate for something that's pseudoscience would they you, i would hope not although unfortunately covid did show us that a few are willing to <laughs> The vast majority, more than nine out of 10 doctors, <laughs> believe in evidence before yeah. they'll prescribe something. Yeah. Yes. But we also will accept, will accept a preponderance of anecdotal evidence. There's a lot of stuff yeah. we can't explain why it works, but it does. And it appears not to be causing harm. And hypnosis mm. has been around for thousands of years mm. and studied properly for the last couple of hundred. So, um, I mean, the way that we think of studies. Mm. Um, so, I feel perfectly comfortable and not only using it, but also recommending it to my friends. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I was looking at something that interested me and it stems from something when I was very first studying hypnosis and it was stuff by John Ratey about um, how the mind works and he called it brain-derived neurotropic factor. Um, the, mm, that's a nice word. Yeah, no. So <laughs> basically, the chemicals we produce within ourselves when we take ourselves for some brisk exercise. He, right. he says in his book, Spark, it's as good as having a, a hit of Ritalin and a hit of something or other else as well. It makes you feel good and lifted okay. and what have you. Okay, that that was that. That's his sort of well, it's anecdotal. It's evidence based. He, he, he did a lot of stuff in America. Um, mm-hmm. John Ratey with his book. Um, some in the do I'm remembering this off the top of my head now it's four years since I read the book in the Chicago area he um devised a phys ed thing in schools where the pupils were doing phys ed stuff in the morning before lessons and the grades shot up good yeah um, we also know children need playtime and we had also spoken in a previous episode about the importance of taking breaks yeah oh absolutely <laughs> all of the above actually part of the reason i wanted to talk about this is that client of mine recently who was terribly gung-ho but she was terribly gung-ho in in wanting to overcome she's a fear of driving mm. and so we're working on on her practicing driving in her mind, she's she's mechanically competent. She's been driving for decades, but she's okay. suddenly become fearful. And um, was that as a result and of she an was, accident or something? Or it was it was there was an there was an incident several yeah. years ago, and it's just it's we all catastrophize. And yeah. so, um, I forgot to although I I'd alluded to allowing old pathways to, to 
to degrade. But I had not stressed to her that unless she really had to drive, she should probably just skip it. So unfortunately, for the first week after her, her first session, she very proudly said, I, I managed to get myself in the car. And I, no, 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 no. That's not what I want you to do. <laughs> but thank you for trying. <laughs> um, well, you, but, you, you um, must have already eliminated some of her fear then. Oh, yes. No, she's she she she's always she has not stopped driving. OK. And she doesn't have she but she has had some panic attacks that are, that's that's what she's really oh, worried okay. about. It's getting to the point where she doesn't even want to be in a car with somebody else driving. Mm. So I just suggested that without going on to house arrest, she should avoid getting in a car if she can. It's lovely. Mm. Go spend some time in your garden. Order, order in. Right time of the year. For <laughs> you can't, <laughs> you can't really survive very long in America without some form of wheel transportation mm. because, the, unless you're living in one of the really big cities, I was going to say lots no of distances don't seem to be any objects over there. No, because we've got wheels and gas. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know when I yeah. stayed in LA, a couple of people said to me, "Oh, do you want to come for a drink at such and such a bar?" It's like, where's that down the road? It was thirty-five miles away. <laughs> oh, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah. It, it was nothing. You know. <laughs> That's yeah. a major expedition over here. <laughs> and I remember, I remember going from Salisbury to Southampton. You had to plan ahead. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's <laughs> neither here nor there. With her, <laughs> <laughs> with her, um, she's now just practicing in her head. <laughs> she mm. did have a couple of appointments that she didn't want to, to miss, so I, I need to check in with her soon because I check in with all of my clients every mm. few days um, in order to gauge whether we need to have a session at the week mark or the two week mark if they yeah. need a new audio yeah see how they're how they're doing but um that did make me think oh yeah of course if you keep doing something i mean i i know this <laughs> i should have been more explicit but and then you happen to have gone to this the course which reminded you of all the all the science behind what's interesting though is like you say in habit forming so you've got a lady who has become increasingly nervous every time she's gone in a car so whatever that fear is has been reinforced each time you know a bad habit loop right so now she's at the point where she's worried about being worried yeah yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) no i i was i was on a course at the weekend to do with neuroscience and of course I, I can remember some of the big words, but it's the actual, <laughs> no, for me, it provides the evidence for what we do and takes away the thing of people saying, oh, it's pseudoscience, so it's this, that, and the other. And I think a big All the help, woo-woo is gone. Oh, the woo-woo, yeah, no woo-woo. <laughs> um, for me, um, I, I like evidence-based stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, when you start looking at how they monitor things on EEG equipment, and then you can see the difference between when somebody's in trance um, or when they are just lying there and thinking about something. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the difference on the EEGs. Um, and again, they've got little little things for it. It's like you're, um, what is it now? You're awake alpha, you're busy beta. Um, oh, that's, uh, that's helpful. Yeah. You just have to remember the, 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 the Greek for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all Greek to me too. Um, and and then you've got what is it now? Um, the thinking theta—that's the one you see. The theta waves. Oh, all when, right. When, when we're in trance. We, we... Well, transy theta. <laughs> transy theta. Yeah, transy theta. So the thinking theta. Um, yeah. So it, it it was. I was just fascinated by it. I have been ever since I first saw one. Um, a, a client in trance on an EEG machine. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can actually see the difference between that and when somebody is asleep and dreaming because we we quite often say 
um, in hypnotherapy, I don't know if you do, but I do, um, that part of what we do in relaxing the client when we're trying to remove emotions from memories replicates REM sleep. Well, it only replicates mm -hmm. certain parts of REM sleep because our, our brain is, you know, operating on different brain waves. It's also trying to clear stuff out, I think, when mm. doing that. I, I, I just tell people it's like having a really good daydream. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's the thing as well. Theta hypnosis, it, it is similar to daydreaming. And of course, mm -hmm. if you've ever had a really good daydream, you know, you can be completely oblivious to what's happening around you. Right. Um, you know, if I, I can remember it particularly when I was at school, actually daydreaming in the classroom. And mm -hmm. you've been unaware for five minutes of what's happening and the teacher suddenly chucks a board duster at you or something. It's like, what? what? <laughs> and your eyes I wasn't asleep. Open. I wasn't asleep. <laughs> well, you weren't asleep, not as in the traditional sense of right. eyes closed asleep, but you were certainly miles away. And I, I suppose to me, that's my nearest fitting of how I am if I go on the hypnosis. Um, you, you I wonder actually your surroundings, but the the uh, the gizmo mm, <laughs> that does the, the this the, the gizmo for the EEGs, which you know I think of them as the huge things that are attached to walls and people are wires coming up everywhere. This a very simplified version now, and, yeah, and obviously the, what you're using is only so many leads. You don't need all of them. Yeah, you you can get ones with as few as five leads that will that will show the basic areas. Mm -hmm. um, the one that that I've seen and that seems to be being used now, I've got fourteen on. Um, which to me seems more adequate for the purposes. I was wondering how, think of cardiology and you know, halter monitors where you have, where you're, you're hooked up and you've got a little recorder that you can be attached mm. to you so you can get about. Do they have a version that you can get about? Because I wonder what, what information we might gain from awake alert hypnosis. I, that would be really nice to see some brainwave activity while people are, are doing that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, there is there is a sort of mobile version for recording things on it and then downloading it afterwards, you know, on, onto a SIM card. Mm -hmm. yeah, there are different versions of it. They've got a really, really simplified version, which is basically like ear pods with just two sensors, uh, left mm. and right side of the brain, uh, which isn't going to give you an awful lot of information, I don't think. No, but it might be handy. To, I mean, so, some of this is to gain actual information, but they're really big studies need mm. to be done on the big machines at the big oh, yeah, hospitals. Yeah. This is partly to show your clients. Yeah, these are just for research this is, use, not for yeah. medical use. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they state that as well. The uh, manufacturers state that, you know, it's for research. Um, well, yes, but what I mean is I, I think we'd have to see how robust the machines are. Mm. I don't mean jumping up and down on them. No, but it's... Um, <laughs> As I say, it, it was fascinating stuff. And what really, really interested me was the bits about neuroplasticity, which, of course, you know, it, that explains hypnotherapy, doesn't it, in a lot of ways in terms of how we make new habits mm -hmm. and how we open those neural pathways. Because, again, when we're speaking anecdotally about neural pathways, it could sound woo-woo. It's not, is it? Neural no, pathways are not woo -woo. Not. They're, they're absolute science. They've been there all along. We just don't yeah. name for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't that many years ago. We thought we couldn't make new brain cells as adults. Mm -hmm. Or liver. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Liver can repair itself, can't it? Even after horrendous damage. So, what's the takeaway, Martin? <laughs> what, what's the takeaway? Well, I, I, 
I, I was really pleased that it, it confirmed to me a lot of what we do, um, mm -hmm. I'd say from a scientific point of view, rather than a pseudoscience point of view, which because people, yes. are, let's face it, as hypnotherapists, I find this, I dare say you find this, with a lot of clients that come to us, they've tried many other methods first, they'll come to hypnotherapy as a last resort. You know, they've tried traditional therapy, maybe even counseling or something. Um, and they they try hypnotherapy as a last resort, perhaps, I wouldn't say half-heartedly, but, you know, thinking, oh, well, if nothing else has worked, I may as well try this. Yeah, but it won't work anyway, yeah. which is, of course, yeah. the, the other stuff we end up doing in language <laughs> with hypnosis. Yeah. 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 So it, it is good. I mean, I am all about giving detailed explanations when people come to me, first of all. I like to explain how the mind works, how the primitive mind works, how, mm -hmm. um, you know, when we're in that frame of mind or that state of mind, we can't think straight. We, we can't think logically because we're not in the logical brain. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it, it's good to give that explanation and people relate to it. You know, there's, there's, to me, there's no point coming out with great big words and blinding people with science. You're just trying to make yourself look smart. Um, people want something they can relate to, don't they? So are you going to, you have one of these machines now or are you getting one of those machines? Oh, I'm getting one. I'm getting one. I'm getting one. <laughs> Is that because you're addicted to tech or are you really planning on using it with clients? Well, I am a bit techy anyway, um, but I would like to use it with clients and I would like to use it on one of our podcasts. I'm not quite sure how we can do it yet, whether you're going to, mm. have to hypnotize me Whilst you're attached to a machine? While I'm attached to a machine. <laughs> yeah, well, I can be attached to the machine and it can be plugged into my computer and we can be monitoring yeah. both. That would be interesting. Yeah. May I inquire as to whether this is a huge investment on your part or is it an acceptable investment? It's acceptable. It's no dearer than a brand new iPhone. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's doable. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you say, you can have a regular hypnosis session or I could plug you into this machine and charge, cost you more so I can get my no, money back. No, no, no this no, is no, just no. for your continued education and, and yeah, I'm, see what's I'm really bit, going I'm on. I'm a bit geeky and techy as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it could be reassuring to people to show them, you know, at this point, this is when mm -hmm. we're in this, um, you know, thinking part of the brain. Because... The thing is, we're only aware of our conscious thoughts. This was something that was brought mm -hmm. up at the weekend. We're not aware of our subconscious thoughts until they pop up into our conscious. And somebody makes you realise that they've happened. Yeah. But that's often, which is the role of the therapist, really. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I, th I think it could be good to show people that, yes, your brain is thinking and working even when you think you're totally relaxed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that is when the brain is working when it's doing its right. thing. So I, th I, th I think it could prove useful, certainly better than using a GSR meter just to show, you know, mm -hmm. relaxation. Um, you, you don't need to say to somebody, I can prove you were relaxed. Either they'll know they were relaxed or they weren't. Um, yeah. But to be able to show now, do you actually your mind do... was working really quickly on this part, even though you were relaxed. Right. Now, do you, do you remember, though, that, when you first see a client, they're often very nervous. When you when you do your initial consultation, you do a quick relaxation hypnosis session, right? Yeah, at the end. At the end of yeah, that. yeah. So that they at least aren't quite so nervous by the time they get to the to the real first mm. session. But do you think you're going to have people who are are, are tech phobic or 
Funny machines on my head. Well, it, it won't be an obligatory thing. It's just something I'm going to offer people. Would you like to see what happens in your brain whilst, you know, you, you're in hypnosis? Mm, I just wonder, though, even if they might be willing and maybe curious that, that it's putting another barrier, whether it, you might need to build an extra 10-minute buffer into your session oh, yeah, yeah. so well, that, so that they can relax. You've got saline on the things that go on uh -huh. the contacts um you know it, it takes time you've got to do those just before you use them and one thing and another now it will just be offered as an extra thing if people are interested to see what happens again mm. for, for people who want to try hypnosis but may you know again be doubtful be dubious and it's like well, would you like to see what happens to your brain in hypnosis because most people ask i don't know if, if you have this with your first time clients you know what actually happens what are you going to do they think you're going to go oh yeah yeah yeah, it's a lot of that. So how does this work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So it's uh, to me, if I can offer that as an as an option, you know, would you like to? Of course, you 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 have an advantage over me because I work almost entirely online. So mm. it's, it's like you know, mail this new iPhone to somebody. If you, <laughs> yeah, have them do it themselves. But I would be very interested to know what you find. Mm. Yeah, well, watch this space. Maybe yeah. maybe I will start series four off with. Um, you're expecting it, it it will arrive in the next couple of months oh yeah yeah Good. yeah it will it will <laughs> what were you what was that just a general cpd course you were on at the weekend it was, it was specifically neuroscience yeah but it was but it was for it was, yeah, it was part of continuing education that is, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um as i say it was really really quite heavy going um it even covered epigenetics um and how our DNA can be altered by our surroundings and circumstances and situations. And that was, you know, pretty mind blowing. I couldn't even attempt to repeat it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm still processing it. Yeah. Well, that's what they say. It says in the Bible, the, the sins of the fathers are visited upon the seven generations. It does anything that happens to you is mm. going to affect the so knock on effect. Yes, probably we consider it psychological, but there's there's quite a bit of evidence that things mm. really do change you. Mm. Yeah, well, this, this was what was was covered, and that brought me into um, a recent thing I was looking into as part of my other work as a mental health first aid trainer, mm -hmm. um, which was about um, racism, and yeah inherent yeah but actually that was what made me think of the dna stuff because mm. i have i can't remember her name now but i actually know and I, I can't remember her name joy but i can't remember the last bit uh, <laughs> um she she talks about traumatic um instead of stress it's slave yeah people with with black americans have that history and that has gone down through yeah, it's not just trauma. In the inherent trauma and, of course, the perpet perpetuated trauma because the economic trauma and the racism yeah, and microaggressions. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this is it. I mean, this is what we were talking about with um, systemic racism, institutionalized racism. And it's only when you particularly begin to study it. And I, I'm thinking of really, really simple stuff here. Okay, I'm not talking about people who want to eradicate all kinds of language but you think of the word black and the negative connotations we use with it a black list the black sheep of the family okay. black magic sometimes that's good 
Oh, true, yeah. Good chocolate. <laughs> but then you say if something's good, it's whiter than white. Okay. Yeah. Now, you think, well, I can do it on a subconscious level to somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it got me thinking. It got me thinking. It's good to, you know, think of other people's points of view. From you know, try and see the world through their window, as it were, um, and it, it got me thinking. And we, we covered um, inherent trauma on the course. Mm -hmm. and I, that was really interesting stuff. And when you when you sit back and look at it, you think, yeah, I can see this. Mm -hmm. so, That's good. Is there a follow up course um, on the MH of, on that yes. subject? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's, there's there's a lot more stuff coming out because MHFA England um, have sort of launch themselves as an anti-racist organization. They're going all out to, um, you know, help stamp out racism, which can only be a good thing. Certainly would. Actually, I said when I first became a, a hypnotist, the, the, the problem is, of course, the client has to realize that they have the issue that they wish to, because these are, these are all the subconscious thoughts that have been put into your brain over mm. repetition, mostly. Yep, yeah. Um, you know, not necessarily intellectually believed by the person spouting them, but just that's that's, that's the way stuff gets in. And if we could, we could if if people could be persuaded that it might be good to have a little clean out of their unconscious biases. Mm. Yeah, have you done that Harvard test? I can't remember what it's called now. The one on unconscious bias. Uh, which one? There are several. I, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's there's one, you can, well, there's probably a few you can do online. There's one particular one you can do online. Um, it was a, a, a friend of mine who's black who gave me the link to it. Um, mm. to, to, just to discover your own unconscious biases. And it's, I wouldn't say it's scary. It's, it's informative. Yeah. It's informative. You know, as someone who thinks, for me, I think I'm, I'm quite aware uh, of things, I, you know, I try to be careful in the language I use, as I do with everybody. But it's amazing yeah. what unconscious biases we we, we have, and we don't realise. Yeah. Actually, I I liked that little story you were telling me. You should tell tell people that story too. Which one was that? The one about Goldilocks. Or you don't have to use Goldilocks, but you could use a story similar to that. Yeah. <laughs> All the things we assume about. Yeah, that a story. That's yeah, listening. Yeah, don't make assumptions when you're listening to something. Yeah. I've got to be careful what I say because they copyrighted that. Well, basically, I had to listen to a version of Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and it sounded just like the traditional story. You know, Goldilocks goes into the house, tries the different bowls of porridge. One of them's just right. She tries three different chairs, breaks one. And then she goes up to bed. She tries two of the beds. One was too hard. She falls asleep. Off. Third one, she falls asleep. And then there were 15 questions afterwards, and they started off with question number one. Goldilocks was a little girl, true or false? Well, we don't know because nowhere in the story does it state Goldilocks is a little girl. She could have been a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then it was things like um, Papa Bear's bed was too hard. Well, we don't know because the story just said the first bed she tried was too hard. The second bed was too soft. We don't know whose bed it was. Mm -hmm. um, and it's things like that. We assume it was Papa, Bar Papa Bear's head. Bear's bed that was too soft, put me teeth in. Um, because maybe the original story we heard, it was Papa Bear's bed, but in that particular one we were listening to, it wasn't. And it, But we assume it was, and this mm -hmm. is the thing, they talk about active listening, which for us as therapists is incredibly important with all our clients, isn't it? That we don't make any assumptions. 
um, on what they say and that we do actually listen to everything and make sure that they know we've heard them, mm -hmm. which, of course, we do by repeating back to them what they've just said to us. Yeah, which always sounds a little odd. But... I know, but just getting <laughs> reconfirmed and, yes. and to let them know that we have heard what they're saying. Yes. You know, again, that, that... without judgment. Yeah, absolutely like... without judgment. Yeah. yeah. I'd be the last person to judge anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, neuroscience, neuroscience. I mean, what developments did you see as a doctor over the years? Oh, no, tons. Yeah. <laughs> Not a huge, because most of it is just the ability to look inside the brain. Mm. The, the MRI was amazing. Functional MRIs are phenomenal, which mm. is, you know, that, that is where the, the speakers of the, the world. That's a, uh, there's slices through the yeah. brain, but yeah, but the functional is, is similar. You 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 can see the areas light up mm. when you're doing something, and so for um, the David Spiegels of the world who can do real research because yeah. they've got all the gizmos and they've got masses of money behind them and some serious science chops. Mm. Um, and uh that that's that stuff is pretty pretty stunning mm. it used to be you know if you had if you bumped your head we just watched you and wouldn't let you go to sleep which seems very unfair nowadays you can actually take a look and see and you can you know yes, I mean, reassure people i mean i suppose that how many years back would it be when somebody had a nasty bang to the head and then obviously had some kind of neurological problem that they just have to cut the scalp open and have a look <laughs> <laughs> Few other years than, back other now. Other than an X-ray, of course. But we did plain X-rays. That mm. was the generation before me in medicine. Yeah. Cat scans were definitely established by the time I was. Is that the same around. as a CT scan? Cat yeah, scan. CT yeah. is CAT scan, and um, and then the MRI came along while I was in training, and it's that really opened things up. And now there's PET scans. There's all sorts of radiological studies that we can do. Just so what else did you learn on this course? All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. We were talking about the, I'll come out with the big words, but it's the only time I'll do it. The um, motor cortex and the somatosensory cortex. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which in, in my understanding of it, in my limited understanding of it was to do with the sensations, for example, from the fingertips into the brain or the other extra um, sensitive parts of the body. Yeah, any any of which. Oh, you 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 got to see a picture of the homunculus, did you? Yeah, the homunculus. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I I just felt as a man, I found it rather amusing. His hand was about fifty times the size of his genitals. I would have thought they were the sensitive bit. Mm, perhaps not that less much. <laughs> less used. Yeah. Um, did that actually does harken back? Did we talk about that the um, pinprick sensation study that we were talking about recently? No, you and no, I, no. okay. Because yeah, that's sort of that's part of the same thing, yeah, right? You yeah, hypnotize okay. somebody under <laughs> under hypnosis. You tell somebody their finger is much larger than it is, and they will have a better sense of. They can differentiate touch. between two yeah. needles which are very close to each other, whereas if you just ask them to tell you how many needles were there and you had two needles very close to each other, they'd only be able to detect one from either of the two needles. They couldn't differentiate and separate them out in the mind because they were too close. Whereas in hypnosis, making them imagine or getting them to imagine 
the fingers a lot bigger, they could actually differentiate between the two needles. Mm -hmm. So what, what's happening there then in hypnosis for them to be able to differentiate? I don't know. Apparently the brain is easy to fool. Well, we know we know that. All you have to do is watch a video of a roller coaster ride or a horror movie to know the brain can mm. easily be fooled. Um, you know, or, or um, my, my favourite ones to watch are when somebody's doing a bungee jump off a high building. Oh God, don't I hang on to the arms of the chair because it's like, oh! and yet we. Know, I leave the room. I don't want to know. <laughs> I, no, I, I must admit, I do like things like that. Oh, um, doing them or watching them. Oh, watching them, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> you won't get me on heights. I got a nosebleed in a pair of thick socks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. My, my, my climbing days are long over, I'm afraid. No, so as I say, it was just talking about the, 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 the link between basically our sensitive areas and the brains. Of course, it went into all the scientific side of it. But again, mm -hmm. of course, if you can send a signal from there to there, you can send one from there to there, can't you? Exactly. Yeah. In fact, you are. Yeah. <laughs> All the that's, time. That's what happens, yes. Yeah. yeah you, so what, put it in what are you... Terms, if you've got a signal there telling you, ouch, here, if you could control right. that signal there... Well, we do that with, with pain control all the time. We tell our clients to turn those controls down so that yeah. they don't... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> can you believe we're at the end of another episode? <laughs> Yes, because we yatter on together all the time. Yeah. If we yeah. really recorded every conversation we have, this would be We'd a massive. That's <laughs> <laughs> if we aired every recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we get sued. <laughs> so who do we have next week? Oh, Sharon Waxkirsch. Great. Now, what would you remind me again? What did we talk about? Because we have recorded this already. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sharon is very much evidence based, isn't she? And she, she works with. Uh, doctors, surgeons, dentists, and does a lot of enabling these people to perform their various surgeries where their patients are just hypnotized, no anesthetic or some anesthetic. Um, and of course, everything she's done is well documented, isn't it? And she actually mm -hmm. trains doctors and dentists yes. how to use hypnosis. And, uh, and we also got on to hypnotizing dogs, but you'll have to listen right to the end of that episode to find out about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not All giving right. anything away. <laughs> so say goodbye to us and see you again next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>